You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. Well, good morning, Christ Walk Church. How you doing today? Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Give it up for Dale. He may not bring it out for me the second service now that I've done that. But hey, I'm glad that you're here today. How you doing today? That's a little weak. I need a little more energy from you. How are you this morning? Anybody get woke up by the rain today at like 6 a.m.? A couple people in the back did. It rained pretty hard earlier. I was like, awesome. It's going to be one of those Sundays. But thankfully, it stopped raining. It's pretty out. A little windy. Um, so let's just pray for our tents outside right now that they just stay firm and rooted and grounded in Jesus, right? But man, I'm really thankful that you chose out of everything you could have done on a Sunday morning to come to worship with us here at Christ Walk. Our community's got a bunch of incredible churches. So thank you for coming here. Uh, one of the things that I love to do every Sunday as I drive in is pray for the other churches that God is reaching the people in our community through them as well and that we can all link arms and partner together. And so I just pray for those churches. And thank you, though, for being here at Christ Walk. We're honored that you would choose to come to worship with us today. If it's your first time, we don't always have a uh, horse trough up front filled with water. Um, We're doing baptism today at the end of service. So if you're like, this seems weird, it's not. uh, We're going to do that at the end of service. It's going to be an awesome celebration of life change that we're going to do in both services. We've got people registered in both services today to be baptized. So I'm excited about that. But it's going to be a great day at Christ Walk, both services. I'm honored to be able to uh, speak today. My name is Trevor Heinemann. I'm the executive pastor here. Pastor Blake, who was up here a minute ago, he's the uh, lead pastor here at Christ Walk. And so thank you to Pastor Blake and to Sarah for allowing me the opportunity to preach today. We're in week three of a four-week series entitled, What's the Point? As you can see on the screen Behind me, it's based on a book that was written by a pastor named Matt Keller, who pastors in Southwest Florida. Uh, He wrote this book called Donkey Mission, and we're going to look at a part of and an element of not only that book, but that story found in Scripture this morning today. And so if you've got your Bible, if you've got your smartphone, you can turn to 1 Samuel chapter 9. We're going to be there all morning long, so if you want to follow along, we're going to look at a variety of verses found in 1 Samuel chapter 9, but that's where we're going to land today. So you can go ahead, earmark that. You can find that in the Bible app. If you've got the Bible app, uh, Version Bible app on your phone, you can also make Christ Walk your home church, which is just a really cool way to stay connected to this church, stay connected to the community of believers here, and to be uh, grounded in God's word together. But let me ask you a question. When was the last time that you made an excuse. I'm not looking for actual answers. I just want you to kind of think about that for a second. When was the last time you made an excuse? Some of you go, oh man, I did that this morning, right? Like we are really good at making excuses. Honestly, this is a hard question because most of the time for some of us, we don't even realize that we're making an excuse while we're making it. That's crazy, isn't it? And yet in hindsight, we can more easily see where excuses have limited us or held us back in some way. We are a 
society, we are a community that are phenomenal excuse makers. We have developed this tool to our advantage and we utilize it really, really well. And so I want to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 9. We're going to start reading in verse 3 together where we're looking at this story of Saul who's going to someday become King Saul. He's on this donkey mission and you say, what's a donkey mission? It's literally a mission that his father sent him out to find a donkey. And so we didn't, there's no like strange little connection here of like use of wordage or anything to try to like trick you. It's literally a donkey mission because we're hunting for a donkey. And so look at this in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 3. It says, Now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father, Kish, were lost. And Kish said to his son, Saul, take one of the servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. And so he's on a donkey mission. Pastor Blake has referenced this the last couple of weeks as well. And last week, if you missed his sermon, he talked about hurdles that we have to overcome in our life. And if you missed that message, I encourage you to go back, listen to the podcast. You can also go to YouTube. If you'd prefer to watch the sermon, you can always watch the archive sermons on YouTube as well. But he looked at the different locations that Saul had to go to and what their names meant and how that connected to the story. It was incredible. So make sure you listen to that if you need to. But Saul's on a donkey mission. And so they take off, and Saul and this servant, they're looking, and it's not going well. Like the donkey, if they're playing hide-and-seek, the donkey is winning. Like he's really good at not being found because he doesn't want to be found, evidently. And they've gone to all these different places. They've gone to four different locations, and they can't find this donkey anywhere. And then they reach the place called Zuff, and look at what happens next in verse 5. When they reached the district of Zav, Saul said to the servant who was with him, Come, let's go back, or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys, and he'll start worrying about us. Now, I love that he uses this word, us, there, but let's be honest. In our lives, sometimes we use a us or we use a we when we're really focused on a me, Right? Can we be honest there? Like, I don't really think that Saul's worried about his father's sitting at home saying, man, I really hope that servant's doing okay out there. Like, he's, he's, he's solely focused on himself. Saul said to the servant who was with him, come, let's go back, or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys, and he'll start worrying about, take out us and put in me. I'm too good to be doing this. Like, I'm assuming when my father sent me out to find this donkey, he thought it'd be pretty quick. Like, he probably just assumed that the donkey was right around the corner, and here we are, and we've gone to four different locations, and I can't find this donkey. I'm sure my dad is sitting at home saying, I don't really care about the donkey. I really hope my my son Saul comes back soon. And so Saul is starting to make excuses. He's starting to realize that he wants to quit the mission, and his ego kicks in. But thankfully, his teammate, thankfully, this guy that he's traveling with, thankfully, this servant has another idea. Look at this in verse 6 and 7. But the servant replied, look, in this town, there's a man of God. He is highly respected, and everything he says comes true. Let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us what way to take. So Saul said to his servant, but if we go, what can we give the man? The food in our sack is gone. We have no gifts to take to the man of God. What do we have? What's he doing there? He's making an excuse, right? I don't have anything to give him. I guess like my dad's probably still pretty worried. 
Like, I don't have any food. I don't have any money. Like, I don't have anything. I guess I can't go see him. I don't have a gift to take to him. You and I, I won't even say you. I'll just say me. I do this in my life. I, I make excuses. Someone's like, hey, maybe we could go do this. Oh, well, pretty busy that day. You haven't even looked at your calendar yet. Yeah, but I know, like, the yeah, second Saturday of the month, I'm, I'm super busy that day. Like, we're really good at this, and that's what Saul's doing here. He's saying, well, but if we go, I don't have anything to give the guy. In this moment, something super interesting and super relatable for you and I in our lives happens. Saul makes an excuse. His teammate, his servant, this guy he's traveling with, he's offering a legitimate option, and Saul's just making an excuse. And so today, I want to look at this narrative. I want to look at this conversation that takes place between Saul and his servant. And I've got three thoughts on excuses that I'd like to share with you. And the first of those is excuses always begin with but. Excuses always begin with but. When the, when the servant offers a solution, the first word out of his mouth was but. Look at that again. It said, it, Saul said to his servant, if you could go back to that last slide, I apologize. Go back to the slide of verse six and seven. It said, Saul said to the servant, but if we go, what can we give the man? The first word out of his mouth was but. Excuses begin with but. He offered a solution and Saul's like, yeah, but. Now, if we start getting on Saul, if we start pointing the finger at Saul, I think we've got to first be honest with ourselves. We do this all the time, don't we? Like, I know I do. Like, let's talk about exercise for a minute. I'm going to get up every day, and I'm going to work out. Hey, did you work out today? No, why? Well, I said I was going to, but my daughter got up in the middle of the night, and I was really tired, right? Like, we do this. Like, I'm going to eat really, really healthy. Hey, did you eat healthy today? No, why? Well, I said I was going to, but my coworkers chose to go to this place for lunch. There was just nothing healthy on the menu. Like I had to eat. I was starving, so I had to grab something. I know you got a lot to do on your to-do list. How'd your to-do list go? Did you get that done? No, why? Well, I said I was going to, but this happened. This came up. I got a lot of housework to do. Did you get it done? No, but, right? Like think about the conversations you have in your life. How many times do you say, I'm going to do this, and then you start making excuses, and the first word out of your mouth is but. You always have that ability to come back and, and challenge what was said with the word but. Where have you been making excuses at in your life? Nice. I like it. That's fantastic. How long are you going to keep making the same excuse that's keeping you from moving forward in your life. We've all made excuses, but we have to choose whether or not we're going to continue to do so moving forward. The reality is that if you want to find an excuse for anything, you always can. If you want to find an excuse for something, you know how. And you have to choose whether or not you're going to own who you are you're going to own your past and you're going to own the things that make you who you are and own your decisions or are you going to continue to make excuses? The first thought on excuses is excuses always begin with but. The second thought on excuses, our excuses come from three places. Excuses come from pride, they come from fear, 
and they come from a scarcity mentality. Let's look at each of those individually today. The first of those is excuses comes from pride. Let's look at Saul through the process that's kicking in when he wants to quit. We look at verse 5 of 1 Samuel chapter 9, and we only read the second part of verse 5. It says this. It says, come, let's go back, or my father will start thinking, stop thinking about the donkey, and he'll start worrying about us. Start worrying about me. We start putting ourselves in the center of the story, and we start making everything about who I am and and why I matter. And someone's going to be worrying about me, and they're no longer going to be thinking about the donkey, and it's all about me, and I'm the center of the world. And you say, well, I don't do that, but, but let's be honest for a second. It's easy for our ego to kick in when we're on a donkey mission, when we're doing something that we just feel like, man, this is beneath me. Like, this is so low on the totem pole. Like, I'm better than this. This is, this is beneath who I am. One of the hardest leadership principles I've ever learned is this idea that, that I say, and I say this phrase a lot, I say the phrase of leaders go first often. And that, and that phrase that I say leaders go first often comes out of a time that I was a young leader. I was 22, 23, and I was leading people more than half my age. And I was leading people that were really successful in business. And now they're volunteering under leadership teams that I'm overseeing. And I, I was constantly running into this tension of, of well, I'm the leader, like, I don't have to do that. And I remember one time that, let's, let's just get in it for a second, okay? I remember there was a time that the toilets were backed up at the church. Now, it's not usually clean things that back toilets up, right? Like, picture in your head what backs toilets up. That's where we're going right now. And so there's, and there's this toilet that is backed up, and, and someone kept trying to get it to flush, and so now it's out of the toilet bowl if you're, if you're tracking with where I'm headed. And it's gross and it's nasty and someone brings me this problem. And the first thought I had is, well, I'm the leader. I can tell someone else to do that, right? We've all thought it. Like who could I get that's below me, that's beneath me? This is beneath me. I've got a collar on today. There's someone surely that can clean a toilet out. And I remember... There was a volunteer that is a high capacity leader. They were leading. While I was leading tens of people on my team that were volunteers, this person was leading thousands of people in their organization. And he came up to me and he said, number one principle of leadership is never ask someone to do something that you're not willing to do first. And I said, well, let me roll my sleeves up. Here we go. We're diving into this mess. And it taught me so much because I was so good at making the excuse of this is beneath me. I let my pride get in the way. Maybe for you, it's not this is beneath me. Maybe for you, it's I deserve better than this. I deserve more than this. I've worked hard for what I have. If people knew what they were asking me to do, they wouldn't ask that of me. I shouldn't have to do this for the thought of this is humiliating. Right? Sometimes in our lives, our excuses are born out of this idea. They're birthed out of this thought of pride. And we let situations like where Saul found him in of he's out looking for a dumb donkey. And I can't find these donkeys anywhere. And his pride starts getting the best of him. And he starts going, well, 
My dad's got to be thinking about me. He doesn't even care about these donkeys anymore. He's just worried about me. And we allow ourselves to get caught up in us being in the middle. So pride was the first excured, the first place that excuses come from. The second place that excuses come from is fear. So fear is the second one. Let's look at this in verse 7. So 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 7, it says, Saul said to his servant, but if we go, what can we give the man? The food in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take the man of God. What do we have? So he's already made it about himself. He's already centered himself in the pride of the whole situation. It's about me. My dad's worried about me. And then the servant comes up to him and he's like, yeah, but there's this guy that lives here and he, he, like, he always knows what to do. Maybe we can go see him. And then his fear starts kicking in, right? Saul's now afraid of, oh man, he's got a plan. Like I was hoping he'd just say, that's right, let's go back. Now he's challenged me. And so he's stuck in this situation. And what's he do? He starts making more excuses, right? Yeah, but, but I don't have anything. My pockets are empty. Like our bread's gone. I can't even take the guy a loaf of bread. I, I, I guess we can't go. He instantly jumped into fear mode. What can we give him? Our food's gone. We don't have a gift. And I think this is something that I know I do in my life as well. And maybe you do as well. We do this in our lives. I don't have anything to wear, right? I can't go to that. I don't have anything to wear. It's not like I don't have a whole closet full of clothes, but I don't have anything to wear. I don't have time to do that. No, my time, my time's so busy. I don't have time to give of that. What would people think of me? I couldn't do that. People may think negatively of me if I went there, if I did that, if I was a part of that. We can't afford that. No, I can't afford to give of my tithes. I can't afford it in my budget. Like, I'm just, I gotta hold on to this. Like, I have too much fear around that. Like, I can't let go of that. I gotta make sure I'm still in control. So I can't afford to do that. Have people over to my house. Have people come into my home to do a Bible study. My house isn't clean. It's not picked up. There's no way I could have people over. It's a wreck. Oh, if I do have them over, what if we run out of something? What if I don't have enough juice? What if I don't have enough snacks? What if I don't have enough seats? Right, we come up with so many excuses. I don't have the room to have people over. We think about every situation possible. I can't host a life group. Like, there's no way. We allow ourselves to live in the excuse of fear. What is it that makes us react this way? It's fear. Fear of rejection or fear of failure. And Saul was afraid that if he showed up without the stuff, that he'd be rejected. That he was so caught up and so convinced that all this man of God actually cared about was the stuff that he would get from people. Saul saw this completely as transactional, when in reality, the man of God really wanted to help people. And I feel like Saul was saying in his head, what if I'm not good enough? What if, what if Saul, what if me, what if I'm not good? Plain and simple, Saul was afraid. And if we're honest, sometimes so are you and I. And so fear of failure is a huge cause of excuses in our lives. So first we had, we had the pride, then we had fear, and then the third and the final place that excuses are kind of birthed out of is the scarcity mentality. And when the servant offered a viable option, Saul saw through the eyes of scarcity and not faith. Look at this in verse seven again. Let's read verse seven again. It says, Saul said to his servant, but if we go, what can we give the man? 
the food in our sack is gone. We have no gift to take the man of God. What do we have? Is this all saying right here? I don't have any bread. I don't have any money. I have nothing to offer this man. And the servant saw what could be done, and all Saul could see is what couldn't be done. Isn't that an excuse that we use in our lives so often? This doesn't apply to, this first one doesn't apply to me at all. But sometimes it's, my boss won't give me what I need to be successful. That one's not me. But my, I want to be successful at work, but my boss doesn't let me. He doesn't give me the time. He doesn't give me the resources. So it's his fault. It's the scarcity mentality. My husband doesn't lead our family spiritually, so we can't fill in the blank. My parents don't believe in me, so I can't fill in the blank. I don't have the money, or I don't have the connections, or I don't have the resources, or I don't have the... What is it? What is it for you? What's the scarcity mentality that kicks in when something is presented to you, an opportunity is presented to you, a God calling is presented to you? What are the things that you put in place of saying, yeah, but I can't do that because of, what is it? We're all thinking of them. I know I've got a list of things. I mean, some of them are written here. I don't come up here and I don't preach to you things that I'm not dealing with in my own life. And so this is something that I deal with because I know it's something that you deal with as well. Every day we all make value judgments with our money, with our time, and with our resources. We can always find reasons why something can't be done when we don't have enough. And there's three reasons that we make excuses. There's pride, there's fear, there's scarcity mentality. And so of these three, which do you see yourself in most? Do you allow your pride to get in the way? Do you allow you to feel like, well, I'm too good for that, or I'm, I'm better than this? Do you allow that to get in the way? Or maybe for you, you live in fear. Maybe God has given you opportunity after opportunity to, to chase God dreams. And you just continue to live in fear. Or maybe for you, it's the scarcity mentality. Maybe you grew up and you had very little, or maybe you have very little now and you're like, well, I can't, I can't put myself out there because I don't have enough. Or maybe you don't feel like you're worthy enough and so I'm not enough and so you live this mentality of scarcity. And so excuses always begin with but. Excuses come from three places. They come from pride, fear, and a scarcity mentality. And the third thought on excuses is we overcome excuses with faith. We overcome excuses when faith, when Saul's pushing back. So, so Saul says, hey, we got to go back. My, dad, my dad's worried about me now and us now, us, not the donkeys. So we need to go back. And then the servant's like, no, there's this guy. We can go see him. He'll be able to help us out. And then Saul starts in on all his excuses, right? He's already made it about me. Now I'm scared. Now I have the scarcity mentality. And then look at what the servant says in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 8. It says, the servant answered him again. Look, he said, I have a quarter of a shekel of silver. I will give it to the man of God so that he will tell us what way to take. 
I'm not exactly sure how much a quarter of a shekel of silver is. Some places I saw it was roughly like $6. Some places I saw it was like 50 cents. But in today's economy, let's just go out on a limb and say neither of those is a lot of money, right? So if he's got six bucks, awesome, he can buy a Big Mac. Maybe. I don't even know how much those cost now. Six dollars can buy you what? Like a half of a coffee at Starbucks? But 50 cents, like either way, right? We're not talking about a ton of money. So the servant says, I got a half or a quarter of a shekel of silver. I've just got a little bit. And Saul almost missed his destiny because of just a little bit. Saul was wanting to give up. He was ready to throw in the towel. And the servant says, yeah, but I've got this. Hey, Saul, I know you're wanting to quit. I know you're wanting to go home. I know you're scared. I know you feel like you're the center of attention. I know you feel like you don't have anything. But hey, got a quarter of a shekel of silver right here. Let's go see the man. Let's not give up on this donkey mission. Let's not quit on what we've been called to do with our life. And church, your little bit of faith is worth a lot more than you think it is. You may feel like you've just got a quarter of a shekel of silver. But if you're just obedient and you're just faithful and you stop making excuses of why I can't do this and why I can't go there and why I can't serve on this team and why I can't give of this, I believe that God can do incredible things through you. Listen, I get it. Are the headlines overwhelming right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. Is there uncertainty in our economy? Yes. Yes, there is. Are things unstable in our world and in our government and in our communities? Yeah. Do things cost more today than they did five years ago? Yes. If I had to guess, they probably cost more now than they did five minutes ago. Right? And so it's so easy for us to make excuses but guess what, church family? We've all got a choice to make. We can all see through the eyes of the scarcity mentality, or we can choose to see through the eyes of faith. Saul needed a friend to help him see the difference. He needed someone to come up to him and say, I got a quarter of a shekel of silver. Saul, don't give up. So today, let me be your friend. Don't give up. Keep pursuing God it's time to start seeing your circumstances through the eyes of faith and not scarcity and not fear. Last time I checked, God still owns it all. He owns it all. And so we can sit here and we can try to hold on to what we can control. I talked about this Wednesday night at our youth service. Our students were here. We had an incredible time together. If you've got a middle schooler or a high schooler, man, we'd love to have them here on a Wednesday night. But we talked about this Wednesday night of the idea that sometimes it's really easy for us to live life like this, right? I'm gonna live closed-handed, controlling what I can control. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna trust God with these things, but I'm gonna hold on to my finances, right? Like we live this mentality of, yeah, this is bad and this is bad and this is tough and this is tough, but I can control this, so I'm gonna keep holding on to this. There's a song, I'm not a singer, so I'm not gonna sing it, so I'm just gonna read the lyrics of the song to you. But there's an old song that goes like this. It says, he's got the whole world in his hands. 
He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. You've probably heard it before. If you grew up in church and you had Sunday school, you probably sang this song, A Time or a Thousand, right? And so we, we know this, we sing this, and then we think in the back of our heads, yeah, he's got the whole world in his hands except for U.S. politics. Yeah, he's got the whole world in his hands except for the price of the hamburger at lunch today. He's got the whole world in his hands except for my personal finances. He's got the whole world in his hands except for my future, my hopes and my dreams, my relational problems, my medical issues, what people think about me. And those things, God needs me to worry about those. He's got everything else, but he needs me to worry about these things. And I'm just going to sit over here and I'm going to live and I'm going to hold those with closed hands and make excuses about it so that everybody else still thinks I'm awesome. Right? That's what Saul's doing. He's just making the excuses of why he can't do this and why he can't live with this faith of let's go see the man. Let's go see what God can do. You know, the number one command Jesus said was he said, do not worry. He said 131 times. I think he's trying to get us to realize something. He's trying to get you to see something. You got to stop worrying about everything. Saul almost missed his destiny because of excuses. And that doesn't have to be our story. That doesn't have to be your story. And so today I have two questions for you. What excuses have you been making? What areas of your life are you living close-fisted? I'm gonna control this and I'm just gonna make excuses about why I have to control that. What areas of your life are you making excuses? And the second question is what areas, what areas of your life have you been living by fear and scarcity instead of faith? Where are your fears at? Where do you have this scarcity mentality at? That you've been making excuses in your life. Today, we're gonna do baptism in just a moment. But before I give some instructions on that, I want you to ask yourself these questions. Maybe you write them down. Maybe you take a picture of that. But I want those, those questions to, to go with you out of today. Don't let them stay here and, and leave them here. Take them with you. As you go into your day tomorrow and you're late taking your kids to school and you make an excuse up every time, where are you gonna stop making the excuse? Where are you gonna just own who you are? Where are you gonna own the mistakes? Where are you gonna own where you could be better? When you go into work on Tuesday and you've got that big meeting and you're scared and you've been living by fear and then you're gonna make up the excuse because you're not done with work and it was Joe the coworker's fault that you're not done with your project. Like, where are you going to own what you can own? I haven't been on a serve team because of, where are you gonna just own it? I haven't been giving to God out of the, what he's entrusted to me because of, where are you gonna own it? I haven't, been, I haven't been fulfilling my role as a husband. Where are you gonna own it? Where are you gonna say, I can be a better wife in this way. I'm, I can be a better son. I can be a better daughter. I can be a better parent. Where are you going to just own what you can own and stop making excuses? 
Because I believe when we live authentic lives, in that place is where God can do incredible things. But it takes us being authentic first. Leaders go first. So today, whether you see yourself as a leader or not, I see you as a leader. I see you as a leader in your home. I see you as a leader in your place of work. I see you as a leader here at Christ Walk. I see you as a leader in our community to go and to lead those that are in your neighborhood, in your place of business, in your grocery store, in your fast food line, as people that you can lead to Jesus. Jesus called you to be a leader. And so leaders go first. And so today, we're gonna do baptism. We've got some people that have registered in both services to be baptized. But here's the call. Maybe you didn't register. Maybe, maybe you didn't plan to be baptized today. But maybe you've been making excuses your entire life as why today's not the day to be baptized. Maybe you've been making excuses for a really long time of, yeah, God wouldn't want me to get my hair wet. I couldn't get wet. I couldn't drive home wet. I, I'll give you, we've got 20 towels stacked up over here to give you to sit on your seat so you don't get your seat wet. We got clothes you can change into. We've got tents that you can go change in. Like, I'm, I'm killing your excuses. And so today, maybe it's the day that you say, no more excuses. Today's the day I go public and I proclaim the goodness of God in my life that Jesus came and he died for me and he restored who I am. He gave me a second chance. He gave me a third chance. I feel like I'm on like my 9,000th chance. Where are you gonna stop making the excuses? So today, I'm gonna pray in just a moment. And when I pray, when I start my prayer, Pastor Blake's gonna get up and he's gonna walk out that door and he's gonna meet anybody that wants to be baptized today right back there. If you're like, I gotta get a change of clothes, cool. We're doing this again at the second service. Go home, get your clothes, come back. We'll be here. But if you say today, right now in this service, I wanna be baptized, we want you to get up. We want you to walk out that door and we want you to be a part of telling other people, this is what God's done in me. Your testimony is your testimony. And your testimony is your greatest witness to everyone else. And so I'm gonna pray in just a moment. And if you wanna be baptized, if you wanna be a part of this, we want you to be. You're gonna meet Pastor Blake right out there in just a moment. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus, right now we come to you. And Father, if there are people in this room that have never entered into a relationship with you, God, we just pray right now that they would say that, Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a savior. And Father, that they would come and they would be the Lord, that they would ask you to come and be the Lord and Savior of their life. And so God, right now I ask that if there's anybody in this room that wants to be baptized, that they would get up and that they would go out, they would meet Pastor Blake at this time. Because God, we believe that what you are doing in our lives matters. And so Father God, I pray right now that for every one of us, we would stop making excuses in our lives that God, we would start living for you and that we would start living for you alone. I pray that we would all be honest and truthful with where we are and who you have called us to be. And Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. 
To find out more information about Christwalk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.